Welcome to The Grafters Podcast. Brought to you by Reanimate Performance and the Heavy Metal Strength Coach. Hi guys and welcome to another episode of the Grafters Podcast. Today is going to be the heaviest of all episodes because I am the Heavy Metal Strength Coach and I am joined uh, by Heavy Metal Therapy and uh, the lady behind that is Kate Quinn. So Kate, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Oh, it's cool. Um, so, okay, I don't know if you could just give us a little introduction as to what Heavy... He- See, I can never get my words out when I'm talking about my clients and my guests. So, can you tell me what heavy metal therapy is? Yeah, um, so it's um, it's an online project um, that is, is really basically all around... Um, heavy metal music and, and mental health. Um, I'm a psychologist by background and I work in the, the NHS. Um, but I, I should probably say that heavy metal therapy is in itself not um, not a therapy as in, you know, sitting one-to-one in a room with somebody. Um, it's more about um, like uh, sort of peer support. So it's really based on this idea that a lot of people who like um, heavy metal music will say that they find it to be quite helpful for their mental health or their well-being. Um, and it started off really as being a, a collection of, um, if you like, recovery stories. So people who um, use um, heavy metal music for their well-being, you know, uh, we collected these these stories about how that you know it helped them to maybe overcome uh, low mood or anxiety or life events, whatever it was. Um, and and sort of from that we kind of um, grew it into like a bit of a, a kind of peer support community really so um we've got these stories it's linked into social media um as well and people um sort of yeah they share their their experiences of of, of mental health they share like songs that they like we build playlists together um uh, you know about various different mental health themes and it's just all around kind of anything to do with um heavy metal music and mental health Okay, so it's kind of lots of different people building coping strategies and collective things in order to um, kind of work as a team to work on each other's mental health rather than it being a specific therapy. Would that be about right? Yeah, so it's based on an idea of um, what we describe as kind of peer-to-peer or peer-led um, uh, support. So what that means is it's it's um, people with lived experience, people with who've experienced mental health difficulties perhaps um, and all of us obviously like like heavy metal music um, sort of supporting each other so we share ideas with e- with each other um, so it's, it's not based on an expert model at all so I guess um, some more traditional mental health services might be based on either you know you go and see a professional and they they might tell you what they think is is going on and give you advice and such it's not really like that it's much more of a sort of peer-to-peer thing Okay, and um, just um, to for my own information, what's the difference between um, a psychologist, um, a psychotherapist, all the different kind of ists that there is um, around uh, the mind? Yeah, it's it's really confusing. So a psychiatrist is a, a medically trained doctor um, who specialises in mental health. So they will have gone to uh, medical school. Um, so training their initial training will be similar to you know your family doctor your gp or, or a hospital doctor and then they go and specialize in psychiatry mm-hmm. um so they tend to do um uh, particularly things around medication for example diagnosis um, that would be their kind of um, specialist area a psychologist is trained is trained in psychology um and then they go they do further training uh, in uh, well in my case clinical psychology there's lots of different different branches mm-hmm. um and i i do um predominantly kind of therapy with people so that might be where we would sit um either one-to-one or in a group base on a group basis um and work for perhaps a longer period of period of time um with somebody on their on their difficulties um and then um a psychotherapist is um somebody who has training in a usually in a specific model of therapy so when I say a model of therapy what I mean is there's loads of different kinds of therapy so let's say um cognitive behavioral therapy is probably something that a lot of people might have might have heard of um if somebody's a cognitive behavioral psychotherapist they'll have got specialist training in that model of therapy um, and that's what they'll be doing with people most of the time okay um do you dabble in any other areas or would you like in inverted commas just be um a psychologist um, so psychologists are trained in lots of different models of therapy usually. So um, I do 
um, CBT, but I also do lots of other um, lots of other things. Um, I guess uh, in particular, there's a model called Voice Dialogue, which is actually specific to um, hearing voices, actually. But um, uh, the kind of principles of Voice Dialogue are used quite a lot for informing heavy metal therapy and, and some of the ideas behind it. Um, so what I mean by that is that um, within Voice Dialogue, there's this idea that um, we might um, push away certain aspects of ourselves or there might be certain parts of us that we feel, either we feel less comfortable with or society feels less comfortable with so let's say um anger for example might be might be one of those yeah. um and within um heavy metal music there's a lot of um themes that are often representative of those kinds of things so if you think again if you think about anger um i think one of the functions that happens with 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 metal music is that people are able to like engage in that in that stuff that's maybe traditionally pushed away or is more um un regarded as being less acceptable in society and it's almost like um like a kind of healthy way of acknowledging some of that stuff yeah uh, what originally um drew you to study psychology to begin with Oh gosh, I didn't think you'd ask me something like that. Sorry, I, 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 I had no idea either until about four <laughs> seconds before that question and the blind panic when someone stops talking. <laughs> okay. Um, I'd like to say something really profound, like, oh, I've always been interested in the human mind, um, <laughs> which is not, is, 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 is not, is not untrue, but um, also uh, that wouldn't be the entire, sto entire story either. If I'm completely honest, Chris, I didn't always know what I wanted to do. It took me quite a long time to... Um, decide, uh, decide on that and don't get me wrong I'm really pleased, pleased now um, but the psychology was that when I was doing my A-levels I hated A-level math so much and I lasted two weeks on yeah. it oh, and wow. I went to the, um, the tutor person and I said look have you got anything else I'd like to do geography and they said the only place that we've got is in psychology and I was like okay I'll do that because I, I hate the maths yeah. so yeah. and you know that was that <laughs> All right, so, so basically the, the, the fact that uh, you couldn't do... So no space else. in geography. <laughs> so there was no space in geography and now you're changing the psychological world and the heavy metal world all at the same time. So it's quite fortuitous. Something, something like that. Yeah, and then what originally drew you towards heavy metal? It's, it's all just screaming, isn't it? Um, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, I suppose I was, um, as a teenager, quite interested in, in metal and alternative alternative music. Um, and I don't know what they, they, I think regionally there are various differences and I'd say generationally as well, differences in what you would describe this, but I was always a bit of a mosher, for want yeah. of a better way of putting it. Yeah. Um, so it was something that I'd really like, um, like, like you know, liked and enjoyed as, as a teenager. I, I suspect possibly related to um, a sense of, maybe not fitting in with other people and things like that, you know, all the usual reasons why teenagers like that, like that sort of, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but what was kind of interesting for me about, about metal and my own personal journey with it is when I um, was training to be a psychologist and I went through quite a difficult um, kind of stressful time in my life, just because training to be a psychologist is, is quite stressful in some ways and, um, you know, various other things. I found that it was something that I kept kind of reverting to. So it was something that I, um, I guess used myself as a tool for my own well-being um, and used to think it was a little bit odd that um, I'd be doing stuff like um, running I don't know mindfulness groups where we'd all be like you know lying down listening to tinkly music or doing the, the body scan thing which is where you like lie down very still and you focus on different areas of your of your body um, and I'd be doing that and then on the way home we're kind of like blasting out loads of slipknot or whatever and you know really engaging in this really like much more sort of angry or energetic type type stuff and thinking actually that's doing more for me than than all this kind of mindfulness and meditating and, and all the rest of it um which kind of was a bit counterintuitive to my own training at the time yeah. uh and so for quite a long time I, I regarded it as being a little bit like a dirty little secret you know <laughs> so they, you know, <laughs> let's let's just tell me let's not tell anybody about it um and yet sort of later on in my career when I kind of specialized in um so I work predominantly with young younger people like young adults if you like um with uh, with psychosis um in my in my work I sort of came across quite a few people who um were also metalheads and I'd kind of used a bit of um a bit of our shared interests as a sort of tool of engagement type thing um and kind of the more I sort of did that and the more I sort of met those people the more I kind of realized that 
first of all I'm not the only person that um, uses metal music in that way um, and secondly maybe there is something in this in terms of there's an opportunity to be able to share that stuff with it with each other and build a bit of a resource really for um, you know just to bring all that all, all those those ideas ideas together because um, if you know in Wakefield there's me and all these other people <laughs> that, that, um, that I'm just kind of meeting bumping into there must be loads and loads of people that um, that this that this applies to um so originally i'd sort of intended it for it to be a um a little um not a group a page on facebook and um i thought well if i could get a uh, 100 people to sort of like it and maybe share some stories and we'll share some playlists and stuff like that um then would then then we'd be sort of winning so that that's kind of that's where it started okay. and it just sort of built from there then uh, and you talk about um a number of powerful stories that kind of kicked this thing off is there any stories that you could elaborate on or any that you've had personal experience with that you could share here uh, that just shows the impact that maybe metal had on you and might have on other people and why this collective might be so important um i mean there's loads of them on the website and they're all um they're all sort of great in their own in, in their own ways really um i think the the first time that i realized that maybe this was going to be slightly bigger than just a facebook group with my mates um was when somebody in america uh contacted me called uh, melissa um who obviously i'd never i'd never met before no i had no idea who she <laughs> who she was before and um she she'd sent me all these pictures of, of her son with with different um people in the kind of local metal scene where she lives over over there um and her son has um autism and uh, is, is is non-verbal so he doesn't um communicate verbally but he absolutely loves heavy metal music and um she basically um kind of in terms of the local scene her and her son kind of go around and they meet all they meet all these bands and it's just and it's just been such a kind of um really really important thing for him in terms of his his kind of well-being that you know there's something about the music that he absolutely loves that seems to really kind of calm him um and i think the thing that was really really cool about it was that actually all these bands in the local metal scene and i say local metal scene they're not it wasn't like tiddly bands so there's like loads of pictures of him and people like and at the gates and uh, i think there's one with there's a picture of him with hellhammer and stuff like that like you know people who you've heard of uh, and they're just kind of all totally embraced him and him and his mum and it just become this kind of community um community thing so we kind of worked together to um build up this story and um obviously her son doesn't doesn't speak but he kind of looked at some of the pictures and kind of approved it and me and her sort of worked it worked it up together um and it, it it just kind of really really struck me as a really sort of powerful example of of how the metal community actually can come together to support to support somebody um because that's not just about his individual well-being it's also about his mum's and you know he's, he's become this like uh, really well-known person on the scene yeah. um so i thought that you know that that for me was was the first example where i thought oh do you know what this could be um something a bit a bit a bit bigger than um than just me and my friends and I hadn't anticipated I guess I, I'd, I'd thought that most of them would be specifically just about mental health like people describing individual mental health difficulties I guess um so for her to bring all that in which is more about um autism and neurodiversity um and and you know just such a lot of wider wider things um sort of blew my mind really at the time and I think that'll probably be ooh, about 18 months ago now something like that Okay. Uh, and when did um, heavy metal therapy start? Um, so it's probably about 18, 20 months old, something like, something like that. Yeah. Um, I, in terms of the social media um, site. So I actually set it up on Facebook first and then I built, built the website um, around it after, after that. And now we're on Instagram and Twitter and other things as well. And what was um, the so, reaction yeah. um, in the metal community? Have you had... Um, plenty of people communicating with you and getting in contact and using the sites and the various uh, messaging services that people can access. Yeah, yeah. So I guess um, that's the thing that was a bit of a, a bit of a surprise. So we quite quickly passed our 100 target, which was cool. Um, and 
yeah so people sort of far and wide started like liking the pages started sending stuff in um you know people sent sent stories in or they might just say um like send a song in that they like and say why this why this is important to them and other people um comment and things um and things like that so people started interacting with um with all with all the pages um we then sort of started thinking a little bit more about the research and stuff behind um, heavy metal as well. So I, I'd spent some time kind of um, compiling uh, some, some of on summarising some of the, the relevant research into heavy metal and mental health because um, I guess uh, heavy metals had a bit of a bad rep from a sort of research um, perspective. So initially, some people were concerned that maybe it might make you um, suicidal or um, you know all that kind of like satanic if it's play, if you play it backwards type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, so I spent some time looking at um you know what the research was and and, and summarized um summarized that um so we've got like an entire section now uh, called the metal university <laughs> which is about um, all the studies and things um so that's mainly other people's research but we've over the past 18 months written a couple of things of our own which are not original research stuff as such more kind of summaries and things um and then what was quite interesting is is a couple of um the kind of metal news website things have uh like put out some of our stuff in their you know their articles and stuff when they cover when they cover things um so the metal university has been used like that a little bit that people have um have been it's been highlighted um occasionally by uh like magazines like i don't know metal insider and things like that okay and um what would the i know it's, it's difficult to summarize all the research about heavy metal that there is but what is the research tending to show um about the benefits of heavy metal um or does it indeed encourage suicidal thoughts and violence and uh, and things like that um so yes in, i think kind of in the 90s there were there were some correlational studies correlation is just where you sort of like map two variables against each other so to see how how they're related so for example there'd be a strong correlation between uh, hot weather and ice cream consumption let's say yeah. um so if you look at um some of the earlier correlational studies in the 90s um they, they were the ones that were saying that maybe people who liked um uh, heavy metal were more inclined to have mental health problems or um you know to, to describe certain kinds of thoughts like violent thoughts or thoughts of, thoughts of, of suicide however when they've sort of looked into that a little bit more and the more recent studies it, 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 the, there's not loads and loads of it you know and, and maybe somebody needs to do a phd in, in heavy metal therapy by the way if anyone out there fancies it but um maybe in terms of in terms of the, the more recent research what 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 seems to seem sorry i'm all right, fine. Yeah. Um, the research the research seems to suggest that um heavy metal music can be quite helpful for people in terms of processing certain kinds of emotions so in particular um uh, anger is, is something that's come up in the research that people might kind of use heavy metal in quite a cathartic way and actually that might be quite a healthy way of processing anger which kind of relates to what i was saying before you know about the voice dialogue stuff um the other thing is that kind of um, heavy metal seems to convey um, a bit of social protection. So some people who um, adopt kind of metal identities, particularly teenagers, uh, will describe that it's almost like um, the, com- the sense of community and sense of belonging and things almost gives them a bit of a, prote- a sort of a protective factor. Yeah. Um, so we think that, a- that actually kind of identifying with, with the metal scene and engaging with the metal scene and feeling part of that community is quite helpful, particularly for people who've perhaps otherwise felt quite marginalised or isolated. So um, there's definitely some some evidence uh, that there are some benefits. Yeah. Um, and, and we suspect that a lot of those original studies uh, that, that were correlational might have been um, picking up on things that could have been related to each other, but might have been actually associated with other factors so say for example um if uh, someone was was already emotionally vulnerable or something like that they, they might have all these these things going on all together yeah who were performing these studies um nowadays who uh, are there some metalhead scientists out there that are trying to yeah there are <laughs> uh, i don't know if you uh, know any of those or maybe we could provide some links uh in the show notes yeah yeah so i mean most most of it's summarized on the metal university um pages but yeah there are so the other day i met a professor of heavy metal which was pretty cool a professor of heavy metal we need to get this guy on as well yeah yeah absolutely he's really cool actually um but he's um 
I think he's officially a professor of leisure studies or something like that, but he very much specialises in, in, in heavy metal. But yeah, there's loads of the research seems to happen in Australia, actually. Um, so there's lots of Australian um, uh, people, metalheads, I think, who must kind of do, do this, this sort of research. So um, the stuff I was talking about, about um, social protection and the metal community and stuff, um, is a researcher called Paula Rowe, who did a PhD uh, and then wrote it up into a book about um, heavy metal youth identity. Uh, I'm looking at the book as we speak, which is uh, uh, which is, is absolutely brilliant um, stuff. But yeah, there's the, there is the, there is an entire discipline called metal music studies, okay. which is is all about um, yeah all, all the kind of academics of, of heavy metal. Now most of that is to do with I suppose like um, sociology and cultural stuff. Um, so um, that it might be about um, you know like certain like social patterns or social behaviors that you get within the within the metal scene so loads of people have written about like feminism and heavy metal for example um less of it about the kind of mental health stuff specifically uh, but there is yeah I, I discovered this whole kind of new discipline of things that i had no idea about before i started having metal therapy so it's been it's been amazing and we've been really really pleased that a few of the academics that um have written some of this some of this stuff about heavy metal kind of supported heavy metal therapy you know like they follow the site or they've they've written to, to say that they that they like it so that's really really cool do you think men and women get the same benefit from heavy metal or do you think the relationship to the music um is slightly different uh, I don't know. People have written whole books about that, <laughs> I think. Uh, so it's, and I, I don't feel as if that's enough of my specialist area, really, to um, uh, to, to say. All I can say is that I I am a woman, <laughs> and <laughs> I uh, think that there is a probably a similar process happening in terms of if I you know if I feel angry or upset about something I think there's probably loads and loads of cultural differences between how um men and women are um particularly around anger how men and women are perceived so whether or not women are allowed to be angry or overtly angry and whether or not um expressions symbolic expressions even of anger like things like moshing or listening to really heavy metal music whether or not i suspect that they're probably regarded as being more masculine traits if you like uh, for anyone and, and yet, sorry for anyone, anyone um listening could you describe what moshing um actually is <laughs> Um, it's vigorous dancing, Chris. It's vigorous, vigorous dancing, often involving head banging and bumping into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, and then you get things like slam pits and stuff, don't you? Where people like literally run into each other. Um, a wall of death, yeah. Um, and I suppose uh, I wonder if that kind of thing is 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 thought to be more more masculine and certainly in terms of, of of the metal scene there are more male fans than female fans although interestingly on heavy metal therapy there are more women who probably follow ideas about psychology and therapy than there are men and i think we've got roughly about a 50 50 split in terms of people that follow it that's very interesting and what, like for for someone that's been to gigs for for many years it definitely unless you're going to a slayer gig but anyway um because that was 99% drunk man um at that no. audience but it seems to be there is more and more women into heavy metal and in the gigs and in the pits and everything like that which which has been a really cool thing to see yeah and 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 you know as i say certainly i reckon it's at least 50, yeah 50 50 split um and a lot of uh women who kind of use the uh, use the site and interact with the site will talk about um you know their own experiences or you know things like mosh pits gigs you know concerts as well as as kind of more private listening stuff yeah so why would uh, moshing be something that might be uh mentally beneficial um well it's one of those kind of few few places I think where um that sort of behavior I suppose is kind of allowed it's kind of like more of like a safe way of of expressing um possibly anger or uh, aggression or frustration um and it, it you know it's obviously kind of burns off a lot of a lot of adrenaline and there's a bit of a kind of collective thing about it as well I think um and uh, i mean you, you'll know yourself if you've ever been in, in pits you know if somebody falls down you you pick them up um you know there's like this sort of et pit etiquette isn't there's definitely a <laughs> is definitely a thing so it's like a kind oh, yeah. of safe a, a, a safe way of, of 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 being aggressive i suppose in a way um which you know you don't you don't get in many other 
in many of the settings probably actually interestingly you know strength training and and probably some sports like rugby and stuff like that maybe have a similar have a similar thing i guess yeah um, but there's definitely more of like i think at a gig you, there's more of like an atlas an atmosphere thing and it's a shared it's a collective thing isn't it as well so it's not just about um the physicality of it there's a community aspect of it as well do you think there is a greater awareness of mental health um, and it's important in both audiences um, and the musicians themselves these days? Yeah, um, and I have often wondered if that is specific to heavy metal or not. So I know that there are some um, like pop musicians, I suppose, who have talked a lot about mental health. Like I guess like Billie Eilish and people like that are, are big um figures who have, have talked about talked about mental health however I, I suspect that within um heavy metal music that it's probably it's probably more common so we do know that people um who perhaps have some underlying emotional vulnerabilities might be more attracted in adolescence to heavy to heavy metal mm -hmm. and if you think about the um the content of the lyrics and um the kind of music it is you know far far wider themes in terms of mental health stuff gets covered in heavy metal music than i would suggest um, a lot of other kinds of kinds of music so for example i'm an, I, in my professional career i'm a sort of specialist in, in voice hearing uh, we've got an entire playlist of heavy metal songs that talk about hearing voices and not just about hearing voices in terms of um, the experience but you know you know really kind of wide-ranging things like hearing voices that tell you to hurt people or um i think slipknot say i'm hearing voices but all they do is complain which is one of my favorite um lines by the way of this um and that kind of stuff i think you know it gives people something perhaps to relate to if they've had that if they've had that experience but also you, when you said about um the musicians a lot of them a lot of people when they're talking about that kind of stuff i'm assuming that that's some at least some of that is coming from their own personal experience yeah absolutely it very much seems like um, sometimes the songs seem like almost a cry for help or just that they get in the voices out of the head and and down onto a piece of paper and i think that that might even just be a, a good strategy for people to maybe feel better or deal with that stuff just write their own songs and just get the lyrics out and get the thoughts down onto paper and start to process them from there would you agree yeah yeah so we've had um quite a few people have said that they are you know musicians themselves or they write songs um or, or you know playing in bands and things can also be a great sort of community experience um and you know you, le you learn a lot about um yourself and each other by being in bands not just uh the music stuff <laughs> i think but yeah I, th I think so i think there's definitely a, a cathartic element to um to, to writing stuff um on the website we've also got sort of what we call metal adjacent things so um people uh, people who do like paintings or artwork or we did a whole section on people's tattoos and what they mean and stuff so we recognize um a slightly wider thing about creative expression maybe as it's been has been helpful and some of that is related to people's love of metal so people have done paintings for example that are you know inspired by their favorite metal musicians or um you know people have tattoos that mean that you know might be band tattoos but then you ask them to tell the story behind it and it'll be you know this usually personal thing about you know what that either what the band means to them or some personal experience that they've had and then obviously they've had it like inked on their on their body yeah i've, I've just um scrolling through the website at the moment um, and i've stumbled across a link that just says what if heavy metal never happened and that's <laughs> a very that's good, poems, yeah. but yeah what what where do you think your life would be if heavy metal wasn't involved in it uh god i don't know do you think i can't even would... imagine it yeah um i think that you know it um during my teenage years you know i feel as if there was something about conformity or non-conformity and, and i wonder what would have happened if i'd have gone more down that route really yeah possibly yeah yeah i probably would even do a different job and all sorts you know it would yeah it would be totally different yeah totally different when you um, started to think about heavy metal therapy and how heavy metal could benefit um, people's mental health, um, did you talk to any other psychologists or any other um, practitioners of that nature about it? And did you? And what was the response from those people? Uh, yeah. So I, <laughs> to start with, I thought to myself, I am not going to tell anybody on. Um, 
heavy metal therapy that I'm a psychologist and I'm just going to come at it from you know an anonymous person behind the internet who um just likes heavy metal and wants to kind of link it into to mental health stuff um and and that was partly because I didn't want to professionalize it in any way but it was also partly because if I'm honest Chris I was a bit scared (laughs) (laughs) what I mean by that is I thought that other psychologists would think that this was ridiculous and if not hilarious kind of you know maybe even harmful or something like that and I think that's because of the um stereotypes I suppose that, that I was talking about before around around metal music and what um what people think it might it might mean or represent yeah. um but I have to say that is probably the area that I was I was most surprised about so I guess um when I say that when we say that you know I I created heavy metal therapy I see myself very much as a facilitator or an administrator of it now so I don't um I'm not the only person involved in it by any stretch of the imagination. So there's loads and loads of people that help out with it. Most of, um, or some of whom are mental health professionals, um, all of whom are obviously enthusiasts of metal music. Um, and, 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 and some of whom are, um, you know, what we call experts by experience. So people who um, have experienced mental health problems, I suppose, and, and also have a love of, a love of music. Um, and, and so, so, I guess I've changed my approach to it based on their feedback. And um, one of the things that has that came out of it really quick, really quickly was that actually people thought it was really important that um, it was an open thing that people like myself, so psychologists and other mental health professionals kind of supported this, this approach. And I think that might be to do with a sense of kind of validating it in some, in some way that, you know, we're saying it is okay. It's okay. It's okay. Um, so, so I, d- I did start to think. Well, actually, I'm going to have to be a bit more open about being a being a psychologist and, and you know show my face. And literally, in terms of especially with the lockdown and stuff, I've had to actually show my face a little bit more, which has been a bit scary. Um, but then, obviously, I started talking to other psychologists about it. You know, because if you're going to be out, as it were, as a, as a psychologist that's doing this, um, and I, I actually had a much more positive response than I than I expected. Um, so that quite a few psychologists have sort of followed it and said that they think it's they think it's a good idea um which yeah has been a total (laughs) has been a total surprise really and as I say quite a lot of mental health professionals uh, mainly nurses I'd say actually um have sort of got involved in the background and help out with it and stuff I don't know if you would agree with this and it, it's probably a leading question which my partner tells me I'm really bad for um but throughout the years of listening to metal before uh, well when Sophie Lancaster when that horrible attack happened um what seemed to happen for me was metalheads suddenly started to look after each other a lot more mm. um, and then there's the the Sophie charity now which um helps people a lot and has brought awareness to that so um from my perspective it definitely seems like steps are, are going forward for metalheads to be more aware of this stuff so it is great to see heavy metal therapy stepping into that niche because um there are very few therapists that i've seen that go at it from a specific heavy metal angle um, and there's not really a question there I'm just wondering if you had anything uh, to feed back on that yeah um, I mean we I really like the Sophie Lancaster um, foundation and they've um, been quite supportive of us so they've um, had our leaflets and stuff at, um, like at places like download which is really really cool um, I think it's it's sad in a way because that there probably is some um, existing stigma against alternative people um and i guess that's why uh that's why unfortunately that incident happened and that's why that they they exist and i know they've done loads for spreading awareness and stuff like that of their um of obviously what happened not just what happened to sophie but also you know any kind of discrimination against uh, against alternative people um but i didn't i've never thought about it in terms of did that then create um something you know uniting them within within the metal scene although i could see why why it would why that would happen and you know maybe maybe it did um but certainly you know if you ask most um people who like heavy metal they will say that the the scene in terms of you know things like gigs and stuff is generally quite um quite supportive quite accepting uh, and there are exceptions to that i'm not saying it's perfect um, by any stretch of the imagination i wouldn't want to pretend that that was the case but um uh, for the most part it seems to be quite an embracing uh, community 
Yeah. Um, on the website, um, you have, well, we have all sorts of social media. You've got um, Instagram. I'm not sure if you've got Twitter. You're on Facebook. You've got the mosh pit. Yeah, on. Twitter. We've got Twitter, yeah. Um, is there anything um, heavy metal therapy does in person and, in, I guess, real life? In real life. Um, <laughs> so we are real life people, we think. Um, the main thing that we've done is uh, we do like talks and stuff like that. So we've, we've spoken at... Um, like events uh, done kind of teaching teaching things uh we've had posters at conferences uh that's that sort of thing uh we've run workshops um so we, we've done things more from an academic standpoint yeah. um what we haven't done and i guess um this has been an area of um debate is we've never actually um done like you know like a group like a face-to-face group or uh um or even like held a gig or anything like that so a couple of people said oh you maybe you should have like you, you should do a gig or, or or something like that and people can come from the community or um uh, we've had a presence at other gigs or other festivals you know like had our resources and stuff and we hope to do a bit a bit more of that um and possibly even we might think about going into more of a sort of you know like welfare type thing you know because there's often a stall or something isn't there in a, a, a big festivals yeah. we'd be quite interested in doing something something like that but yeah. we've never actually had had a, a, a group like a support group like a physical support group um which yeah as i say it has been often has been often debated um probably the reason why we haven't done that is more because we have um followers from all around the world so i don't know if, if there'd be enough people to <laughs> to actually um, yeah. actually get together we had the um one of the organizers of andy's man club on and at the start of that i don't know if you've heard of andy's man club before oh yeah yeah i think they're really cool Andy's man club. yeah so um i went to school with um, one of the guys that runs the leads um, incarnation of that and they thought exactly the same. Like they, they didn't think anyone was really going to be interested. In and then um, it grew pace uh, and size really, really quickly. And I think there'd be people coming out of the woodwork from all over the shop if heavy metal therapy was uh, to do something similar. Mm. I, think that'd be really I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's, <laughs> it's worth thinking about. Although I guess. Um, it's, I suppose one of the things just to bear in mind is that it has, it's been a bit of a, a it's a labour of love so I you know it is my baby definitely and you know I'm really really pleased in how it's grown and developed um but yeah I guess that we'd have to think about how we would orchestrate <laughs> orchestrate that there is in in Northern Ireland there's a um a, a project called Metal for Life Northern Ireland and they do a physical support group and that seems to go quite well actually um so they actually have a have like a I think a monthly meeting or something. Yeah. I'll so it has been done. It has been done. Um, do you work with anyone, um, or has anyone come to heavy metal therapy that's not into uh, metal and has gradually got into it because of the work that you guys are doing? Um. Yes and no. Um, I think my poor colleagues, bless them, every time a new person starts, I'm like, oh, what kind of music do you like? Oh, you have you, have you tried this? And a few of them I have managed to convert into um, little little metalheads, <laughs> which is really good. Um, especially the students, bless them. Like, oh, you must you must try listening to this. Um, what we've always said, though, from a sort of client point of view, is that um, we we we're not about kind of prescribing heavy metal to people and saying that you know everyone must uh, must kind of start listening to listening to metal it, it's it's predominantly been sort of for people who already like heavy metal i guess and already find it to be something that they um find find helpful for their their, their well-being um so we don't we don't yeah we don't sort of go around kind of converting people as as such mm-hmm. um but you know if someone were to stumble across it uh, and give it a try then obviously that's uh, that's all right with us um but yeah we're not we're not um we're not sort of you know door to door people were saying have you tried have you tried a bit of Slater (laughs) (laughs) so before this is your uh, prerequisite listing before I will uh, even talk to you (laughs) exactly so yeah yeah, it's it's more I guess it's it's been more people who already like metal generally okay excellent if you were to uh, give someone their first metal band to listen to is there anyone that you would recommend in particular you can't possibly have just one, can you? So um, I've, I've I have, got, I've got again, for the purposes of converting. Got... Go on. Uh, normally Sabaton. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, okay. 
a little bit of Sabaton. Um, like my, my kids are into Sabaton and everything. They know exactly when D-Day is and uh, all kinds <laughs> of uh, historical... But it's good for history. It's history, isn't it? It's good for historical learning. Oh, yeah. I wish I'd have known about Sabaton when I was at um, college. <laughs> I think history would have been so much more interesting with a little bit of Sabaton in my life. Yeah. You see, I never know whether with like somebody who's totally, totally new to metal, whether to go in like quite hard with something that's pretty heavy or to try and ease them in with like a sort of gateway type band. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I tend to go for the ease and otherwise it can. Um, I think I think with the heaviest and like the like black metal things like that, it can be a, a, a really acquired taste, um, especially you've got. The yeah. There's a whole other etiquette with um, certain genres in metal, which like I find like absolutely fascinating. Is there any particular genre of metal you find yourself drawn to? Uh, yeah, so talk, first of all, talking about gateway drugs, if you like, to metal. I definitely think for me, punk was a, punk was a, a gateway into metal for me, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then I, I suppose thinking about my age, not to reveal too much about that, um, I will always, always have a fondness for new metal because that was what I grew up with and that's what I um, still kind of go back to um, sometimes. Uh, I really like industrial as well. That's that's one of my um, one of my current uh, current favourites. Um, I think interestingly on heavy metal therapy, there are certain bands and genres that seem to be um, much more popular than others. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I, I then start to wonder if there's a demographic difference between the fans of certain kinds of um, kinds of genres. So we, we, for example, don't get that many black metal fans on, on heavy metal therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have, we have like playlists for death metal, black metal, that sort of thing. Um, but, generally speaking uh, that that's not the most the most kind of popular or the most sort of common uh common bands that people will people will reference it might just be to do with numbers you know um or it may be more about the kind of themes of the music or or the kinds of um you know uh, fans i suppose if there probably are different groups aren't there in terms of the kinds of things people are interested in definitely one thing that i was um cursed with i watched um a stand-up dvd called you magnificent beast um featuring greg davis and in that um it talks about liking folk music more and more as he gets older uh, and his house is fucking full of the stuff and you know um i laughed at the time uh, and then i looked back on my spotify summaries of the years um and it gives you a breakdown of all the genres and in like 2016 like folk metal's not even on there um, and then the next year it's a little bit higher the next year it's a little bit more now now it's like my top listened to genre in metal so uh, maybe it's an age thing about how it changes over time so in 20 years the people that are still on heavy metal therapy their taste might be completely different yeah and there's definitely a generational thing so um we, you know we've we've done quite a lot of stuff about metal car um and i guess um working predominantly with younger people that do most of the younger people that engage with um heavy metal therapy will say that they like yeah kind of metal is their, is their thing often but we've got like such a kind of wide wide age range of uh, fans and followers um that uh you know it, it covers the whole the whole spectrum so when we do a playlist um i'm always like amazed at like the the, the massive range of <laughs> range of things that people will go will go from so you always get some kind of classic thrash type stuff mm-hmm. um you know often we get some some more metal quarry metal quarry things right the way to kind of brand new um brand new stuff so it, it's a massive massive range one of my clients described um, metalcore, um, and I thought it was really apt as uh, self-help metal. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was. Yeah. I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and all this started really because you know of, of a piece of work that I did with 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 somebody um, about metalcore, and that being exactly the thing that you know that it was their self-help really. Okay, um, because I guess um, a lot of the metalcore bands are at that age uh, where mental health issues tend to crop up the most. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, so um, the, I mean, obviously, mental health doesn't discriminate, and there's no way you can have mental health difficulties at any at any age. But we do recognise that kind of your late teens and early twenties, particularly the area that I work, is a time of of specific vulnerability. Um, and of course, that's also often the time when you're getting into the kind of music that you that you're going to like, and <laughs> as, as as an adult, so it, you know, music is often very very important for people at that at that kind of stage in their life, anyway. Yeah. So it's those things kind of tied tied together. But just to be clear, heavy metal therapy is not just about young people at all. We, you know, we have a massive. Now, massive what is what is the age range on um, heavy metal therapy? Do you know? 
well it's, it's really really it's really really wide and i think the demographics change in terms of different kinds of social media as well so instagram tends to get younger people on average just generally than the than kind of facebook uh, facebook does um and I, I mean i've had i've had really profound conversations with um teenagers in their bedrooms about stuff <laughs> that you know um and then i've also had um online conversations i hasten, hasten to add uh, and i've also <laughs> spoken to people about um uh like you know someone spoke to me about the menopause and heavy metal and how that had really helped helped them so really really sort of and and we've done loads of stuff for example about grief as well and um you know so, so you know grief, grief and loss and that could be like stuff that can happen at any at any age really so it's 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 really really it's really varied and one of the uh, we went to see um dimu bargia just before uh lockdown all happened and it was really an education in how diverse um, the scene is because we were sat up on the balcony because we're too old for standing for hours now. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, me too. Well. <laughs> yeah, so we, we looked behind and there was like a couple that looked like they were about, well, they looked about 900 originally, but I'd had a few ciders. Um, but there must have been like 70, 80, <laughs> something like that. Uh, and they were absolutely loving it. We looked down onto the front row and there was someone that looked like Santa, but 30 years older, just head banging away and looking like the <laughs> wow. happiest people that I've ever seen. So a lifetime of metal definitely doesn't seem to make people miserable. No, yeah, for sure. So, uh, and, and I think one of the things that people really, really like on heavy metal therapy actually is when you highlight some of the diversity of the scene. So um, like people, it often gets a really good response to think about, you know, perhaps older people who have, who were interested in metal or uh, like you know pet we've done quite a bit of on parenting we've got like a little subgroup of um of people that, that have kind of chatted about about heavy metal parenting uh, and yeah you know kids that are like you know perhaps really really um proficient in like you know drums or something like that you know and you can put that, that stuff on um so people seem to really really like the idea of um how how diverse the scene is yeah do you think heavy metal is suitable for the ch the children's minds um, I think that's really interesting. Um, obviously, quite a lot of it has um, some, if you like, dark themes in it. And I suppose um, parents might be cautious of <laughs> exactly the bits that they, uh, they, want to, they want to share with their kids. Um, having said that, you know, I've certainly um, seen a lot of kids at metal gigs who seem to be having a great, having a great time. I've seen um, uh, one of my friends, actually, um, she had a baby in the uh, uh, played Ramstein to the baby in the womb and now the kid absolutely loves <laughs> loves Ramstein and will like kind of bounce around when um, uh, when like it come, it, they come on the telly and stuff and stuff That's like perfect. that um, um, I'm, I'm just writing that down now just um, so we can do that yeah 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 exactly good idea yeah. um so, so yeah obviously you know people parents have to make their own decisions don't they about what they what they think is suitable and, and, and appropriate for um for kids um but a lot of kids like like a lot of like really young kids like metal and in terms of like you know like the rhythms and the the beats and stuff stuff like that so i'm not sure what it is probably again somebody could do a study in it couldn't it but that you know babies like metal we yeah one, one, one of my favorite memories with my son was taking him to uh, bloodstock last year and um, I think he would say that was one of his favorite memories as well that first night when we were listening to slug grinder uh, <laughs> oh no wait not slug grinder that was one of their songs it was 10 ton slug uh, just yeah absolutely incredible and like they they both seem to my, both my children seem to thrive on it we've taken them to see ghost as well which you know what like Brilliant. there's 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 some very adult themes within those songs but yeah gives us a gateway for them to ask about them uh, and then for yeah. us to explain them so they've got a context and they've got experience with it so they're not going into adult life completely blind yeah and then and, you know I, I guess in some ways having a guided conversation like that might be um might be easier than you know people stumbling across across things in other in other, in other ways um and you know i often think about other kinds of um material that kids get exposed to like um i don't know horror films computer games whatever it is and lots of them have got equally you know violent violent themes or whatever and and i suppose it's it's more about how you how you deal with it isn't it and, and the decisions that you make individually 
Um, so yeah, I, I probably can't make a blanket statement that yeah, metal's fine for kids because I'm sure that there are certain <laughs> subsets subset of, uh, of of the genre that are probably not not great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, certainly there's a, there's a lot of a lot of parents on heavy metal therapy that will say that they uh, that heavy metal has helped them as parents, but also that their kids like it. Is um, exercise involved in heavy metal therapy in any way or lifting or running or CrossFit or anything like that? Um, not specifically, but yes, in a way, um, because, uh, well, if I'm honest, I, I quite like CrossFit. And I suppose if I think about um, the things that have helped me personally in my own, you know, for my own well-being, metal would be one of the things and crossfit would be would be the other um so you know i really like heavy metal isn't it so uh, yeah and 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 interestingly when i started um when i started i came across quite a few other similarly named um things Uh, so like for example there's a crossfit gym called metal therapy um and they were all to do with um yeah lifting and stuff so when I, I, i follow the hashtag heavy metal therapy and um apart from our stuff and and you know the odd um kind of metal based thing all of it is lifting yeah <laughs> all of it's lifting so, so i do i do think there, there is an association with um heavy metal and, and like strength strength training um i mean you'll, you'll know much more about that than 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 i do um but a lot of people have um talk about uh yeah the role of exercise and listening to metal and th- th- those things seem to kind of go go together as, as a kind of bit of a well-being well-being tool and i follow quite a lot of people who seem to find that that's um, that that's something that they find helpful. I think one of the most beneficial parts of um, strength training is the community uh, and the social yeah. aspect of it. And I think that's why heavy metal is so important as well. So when people can be involved in both communities, people can really get the most of both worlds. Um, like I think my mental health will be far worse if I didn't have both heavy metal uh, music gigs and that whole scene um, and lifting and the health benefits and the whole scene of that as well. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. And I, I have wondered if they are maybe tapping into a similar a similar process psychologically so something about um something quite cathartic i think about metal and also i think you know with 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 lifting um i mean i'm i'm a, very much a novice crossfitter um but i i certainly find that for me weightlifting particularly is something that i find to be quite a mindful activity um because i, I really cannot think about anything else when i'm doing that partly because i don't know what you, what you think about this chris but learning how to do Olympic lifting is harder than learning to drive. It's like so complicated, all the different things that you have to do. Um, so, so for me, it's, it's been quite a sort of mindful, mindful thing. And I think it's really good for your confidence as well, you know, to be able to watch yourself pr- progress in some ways and, you know, you feel strong and powerful, certainly as, as, a, as a woman, I guess that's been something that's been quite important for me. Well, put it this way, Kate, there's a reason um, that I don't teach the Olympic lifts and it's not because the Olympic lifts are brilliant because they are, it's just that they are that difficult to learn uh, and they are that difficult to teach in their own right. It's, it's a sport within itself and for anyone mm. that can do those techniques safely, like I, I completely take my hat off to them. It's something that you've got to be so aware of because if something is either even slightly off, um, that that lift doesn't go. So when you can get that perfect repetition and it, you know, it sits in that uh, in that wrapped position perfectly, and you get um, a great jerk and it, and it moves so well, that must be an incredibly powerful thing. Well, uh, allegedly, <laughs> <laughs> just uh, we just thinking. I wish I could do that. Yeah, I really do. The overhead squat is like the bane of my existence, Chris. It really is. I'm, I'm, well, I say I'm very fortunate in that, well, as a power lifter, I'm naturally quite good um, at bench press, um, like, as is my partner. So in terms of overhead mobility, if I was to try and do uh, an overhead squat, I think at this stage, I might break myself. So it's, it's, yeah. it's one of the most difficult exercises that you can do, I think. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Anyway, I feel as if I've got slightly off the topic there, but you, you know, I mean, lift, lift, lifting and metal are definitely related things. 
Definitely. Have you got um, any particular favourite songs that you have for any particular lifts? So, for example, my partner has, uh, because I listen to all kinds of different songs I'm training, her bench press, press song is Z-Nigma by um, Rotting Christ. Uh, I don't know if you've got any examples like oh. Um, we, we we do have a workout playlist that really um, started because that was just my own playlist for, um, what's, for, what's for working called? out. What's that called? Um, so um, initially I called it the, um, I think it was something like the heavy metal CrossFit wanker playlist. <laughs> it might have been called initially. Um, but it's got quite a lot of those, um, you know, quite sort of like powerful but like motivational type things like uh, hate breed or maybe even a bit of five finger death punches in there, I think. Oh, wow. You know, that quite quite sort of like um, pumped up stuff, I guess, probably for more like your wads rather than your, your lifting um, your lifting stuff. Um, I think, yeah, maybe a bit slower for lifting, actually, and then something a bit more pumped up for, for, your, for your kind of wad bit. Yeah, very much. I mean, I guess it very much depends on whether you're learning a new technique or whether you're going for a PB, you're going to go for something that's, uh, that's very different. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, I realise that I've um, already kept you for um, an hour. Are you still okay for time or do you need to get off? Yeah, yeah, I'm cool, yeah, I'm cool for time. But if, yeah, if you want to finish, that's also fine. We'll just see where um, it kind of goes from here. So where do you see and where do you want the future of heavy metal therapy to go? Um, I always find that question quite hard because uh, I didn't expect it to go beyond like a little Facebook page <laughs> so yeah. every time every time something something like this happens every time somebody asks I think well I, I don't know where it should go because I didn't know it was going to get here <laughs> um <laughs> having said that uh you know we, we have done a bit more around kind of uh, writing stuff you know doing conferences uh, trying to spread the research uh, word out out a little bit more that, and that's been one of our more kind of popular um popular things we'd quite like to be able to do a bit more promotion and and perhaps have a presence at, at, at gigs and things um things like that you know maybe have some um uh, you know information and, and and stuff we think that would be that would be good um so so yeah i've got on a little bit more with the idea of, of kind of promoting it in in some way because uh, i was really quite resistant to that for for a long for a long time um so for example there was a big big plead for kind of t-shirts for a long time and it's like no we're not gonna have t-shirts and then i gave in and 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 then and uh, and then the lockdown happened so we, we kind of didn't finish that off but we will have we will have that sort of that sort of thing um and again this is that's an example of of me um not really being more of a facilitator rather than the person that's running the show as such because um, that's what other people wanted and thought was a good thought was a good idea yeah. um so definitely some promotional promotional stuff and one day one day someone will do a phd in heavy metal therapy it will happen <laughs> it just All depends right. who that person is yeah um you heard it so that, that's my ambition yeah that's that's my ambition for it and um, do you ever uh, do you ever suffer with uh, imposter syndrome when you're putting out content about it and pushing it into new areas and things like that Oh God. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we, we've recently done a couple of, um, YouTube videos. Again, it was an idea of, 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 of someone else's cause I was quite resistant to it. <laughs> and I think I had, I think I had these YouTube videos for maybe three months before I dared to post them on, <laughs> on social media. Cause I was like, but that's my face and I'm talking and I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's been something that I've found quite hard to, um, get over but it's actually been quite important to uh, because I guess you know now with with um social media and everything video like video content is really important having that that presence is is is, is really important um and I, I've, I've sometimes felt as if when I speak to heavy metal people they think I'm an expert in psychology and when I speak to psychology people they think I'm an expert in heavy metal mm -hmm. and sometimes I feel like I'm neither <laughs> of those things um but I suppose over time, because it is such a niche uh, area, I, I have come to realise that, um, yeah, actually, you know, we do know what we're talking about a bit more, like not just me, the other people that, are, that have been involved in it. And, and we've learned loads and loads and loads over this past nearly two years um, in, in building, building it up to the extent where, you know, and now I now feel a bit, a bit more confident that, that I do know what I'm talking about with it. Uh, but yeah, it's been hard won really. And a little bit forced partly because I think when it was just me and a couple of my mates, um, it didn't really matter. But now, um, quite a lot of people 
have invested quite a lot in it you know it's become quite an important thing for quite a lot of people um and that sort of spurs me on to kind of get over myself if that makes sense yeah as the, as the mental burden of heavy metal therapy increased with the increase in popularity uh, no not really because um I, I as as it's grown uh, i've had more helpers yeah yeah. So, um, you know, is there, so, any, so is there example, any that you want to give um, a shout? I think you were about to actually. Is there any that you want to give a shout out to? Uh, so, my um, best roadies, if you like, um, are uh, Angela, Ben, Nige, and Anthony, who have helped loads and loads, um, and my chief metal core advisor, who is still around helping me a lot in the in the <laughs> in the background, who's called Danny. Um, so that they've been really really good but actually there's loads of people um, so you know I've got loads of different um, helpers who uh, you know help with moderating the um, the forum they help with uh, like running twitter moderating the facebook um, you know contribute stuff to the um, uh, to, to the blogs and things like that so um, if anything it's it, it's become it's become easier in some ways because it's not just me Okay, um, that's great. So um, it, it's lovely to hear that there are so many people that are getting involved. So I think that naturally kind of leads us to just ask where people can find out more information about heavy metal therapy, where they can get involved, maybe where they can find some peer-to-peer -peer support, um, and just basically where can we find out more about heavy metal therapy? Um, yeah, so uh, our website is heavymetaltherapy.co.uk. Um, and that's kind of a hub for all the stories. It's got where all the um, playlists are linked and there's loads of like different links and stuff like that on there as well for other things that people may find may find helpful. Um, and then it's it's linked into social media. So um, it's at Heavy Metal Therapy on Instagram and Facebook uh, and at Heavy Therapy on Twitter. Um, so we missed a metal bit out in that. I'm not sure what happened there, but alas. Um, <laughs> Uh, we've also got a YouTube um, a YouTube channel, um, which uh, we, we've got kind of playlists on there. A playlist on Spotify uh, and um, Apple Music as well. Um, if people want something that's a bit more sort of interactive, um, I mean, if you want, um, then we've also got a, a Facebook forum, which is quite new to us. So we're just kind of, um, we're just developing that now, which is called the Metal Health Mosh Pit, uh, which you can get for, if you go on the Heavy Metal Therapy Facebook uh, page. But basically how it works is just contact us in any way that you want. Um, so drop us, drop us a DM um, or contact us through the website. Um, if you want to share a story or you've got a song that you'd like us to kind of share and you want to say why that is, we can do things anonymously as well. So you don't have to, um, uh, you know, give your name or anything like that. We can just put it through. Um, put it through as an anonymous anonymous thing um, uh, we're always we're happy to take suggestions for playlists as well so if you have a look and think oh yeah this should go on there just let us um, just let us know um, so yeah it's, it's, it's reasonably interactive in the sense that um, uh, you, you know contact a moderator and we'll take it from we'll take it from there um, I know that we just um, give um, like a summary of all the places that we can find that stuff um, but then I thought of another question. Does it matter someone's current state of mental health before getting involved in one of the uh, Facebook groups or um, like oh, through contacting you or anything like that? Or, um, yeah, in fact, I'll just leave the question there. Uh, yeah, uh, no, it doesn't matter. So um, we are... So, so we, I mean, we've got some principles that you can have a look at actually on the, on the website, but one of them is that we kind of believe that mental health... Um, exists on a continuum so so heavy metal therapy as um as a site really exists for anybody who feels that they um have a connection with heavy metal music and it has a relationship to their to their well-being um so that could be people who have have used mental health services who've never used mental health services all of that bit doesn't really matter what we will say is that we're not intended to be a replacement for mental health services so um the you know, lots of people that um, that use the sites might also be supported by you know um, formal services in, in in some in some way. So we're not intending to to replace that in 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 any way. This is like an addition. In addition, and equally, we, we don't really do crisis. We don't do crisis support. So if somebody is is having um, you know a real kind of struggle and they need help now for their mental health, then then you know we, we would be directing them back to back to services um, if if that was something that, that they needed. Yeah, I think that was something that, that I'm, I'm really glad that you brought up. I think that's that's super important to know that this is something to be involved in as well as um, getting the adequate care if that's what someone needs.
yeah and, and we recognize some people um get help outside you know outside of services and that's the most useful thing for them but also um you know it, it's more of a both and kind of thing yeah um i don't know if, if you've got any parting words of wisdom for just how to maybe give someone some tips for dealing with mental health under lockdown is it just listen to loads of metal music or um is it something else um yeah i listen to loads of metal music obviously but um i guess we've we've also done a bit of um sort of stuff around uh i guess i guess some of our um content has been quite um a challenge to the if you like the traditional wellness movement so there's a lot of um uh live laugh love stuff that happens on um social media around you know promoting certain kinds of positive thinking type um type stuff and and we've we've sort of done quite a bit of um stuff around kind of challenging that it's not to say it doesn't have its place it does um but we also recognize that actually there is there is a role for um recognizing that actually things might feel shit sometimes and taking ownership i think think heavy metal is massive for that like uh, a band that i love for that is uh, a band called winter sun um, they put me, oh, yeah, yeah. they put me in a really melancholy place, and it's the only metal band that I've ever cried to. Um, but that 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 really helps me take ownership of those feelings and maybe get them out when I don't even realise that they're there. Like I don't necessarily put Winter Sun on because I feel like that, but it kind of brings it out when I'm not aware of it. Yeah, and that's exactly the thing that a lot of people say about um, about engagement with with music. So, um, a, a lot of the time, music gets kind of sold as being a coping strategy. It's about distraction, but in actual fact, we think, particularly with metal, what's actually happening is people are almost turning towards feelings rather than turning away from them and engaging with them in like a sort of healthy, healthy kind of way. And that's really what um, you know a lot of what heavy metal therapy therapy is about. Um, but I, I suppose what 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 I would say is that, you know, that loads of people will be feeling really rubbish about this. That's okay. <laughs> and um, we're, we're not um, just about, you know, just telling people to, to feel positive all the time or, you know, that they must kind of start, a, a, you know, yoga or whatever, um, you know, something because there's been all this stuff about like, you know, self-improvement, hasn't there? And, you know, in the lockdown or why don't you use that to, to get fit or, you know, totally transform your diet or whatever it is and that's great if you can do it um but for a lot of people it is just about surviving and that's okay as well yeah from um a fitness professional standpoint i don't know a fitness professional that has done that i don't know a fitness professional that has come out of this and isn't overeating cheese and isn't having maybe <laughs> a little bit too much wine or uh, maybe it drops off a session or they're suddenly sitting around a lot more so the back tweaks in a session something like that so um they even fitness professionals healthy habits um have taken a hit there so the um, i hate mm. this term but the general population um they're, they're going to be massively suffering i think anyone that's saying oh I've, I've worked on this thing i've worked on that and i'm in a far better place i, I just i genuinely don't believe um that most people are in that situation i don't think that can happen when so much change um has been forced upon everyone mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I think I think you know what we're just trying trying to do is is be a um a, a space to kind of have any of those feelings really, um, and and not just be about um you know relentless positivity, um drives, um you know that's that's good in some ways for some people, um but it's also okay to 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 feel rubbish about stuff and um to you know use music to help you through that. Yeah, and it's it's that it's that collective sharing of emotions as well, which is so amazing in the metal community. And it's great that there's a place where people can specifically go if they're struggling with mental health or where, whether they're just looking to maintain where their mental health is right now. Yeah, yeah, and for a lot of people, it will just be it will just be about um, maintenance. I think um, so. That's yeah, that, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so I think that's um, a really good place to end that there. So is there anything yeah, cool. um, that you want to um, go into, anything that you want to say just in closing? Oh, we've pretty much covered everything uh, that we need to say. Uh, I think we've covered everything. All right. I think I agree. That was um, a great episode. So. Kate Quinn, thank you so much for joining us on the Graft House podcast. This has been one of my favourite episodes to record. It's been great, so thank you so much. You're welcome. I bet you said that to everyone there that it's their favourite episode. <laughs> yeah, but don't tell them. <laughs> <laughs>